You're listening to Crossings Conversations from Church Divinity School of the Pacific, a show about leaders creating Christian community and sharing God's love. This is Kyle Oliver, Communications and Marketing Manager at Church Divinity School of the Pacific. And I'm here with the Most Reverend Catherine Jeffords Shorey, the 26th Presiding Bishop of the Episcopal Church. Uh, before that, she was the 9th Bishop of Nevada. And after that, for a time, she was Assisting Bishop uh, in San Diego. Bishop Catherine, thank you so much for being with us. Well, delighted to be with you. So this is a conversation about um, leadership formation. And the first question we wanted to ask uh, the folks participating in this is about um, how our guests' um, understandings of leadership formation have changed uh, somewhere along the line uh, in, in, at, at whatever time you think might be relevant. So I'm curious, um, how, how have you seen leadership formation uh, changing uh, in the church in your time? The formation for ordained leadership in the Episcopal Church has changed enormously during the time that I've been pursuing that path. Uh, when I, my seminary experience included a year at a Roman Catholic Benedictine seminary, to which I commuted every day for a year, um, and then two years at Church Divinity School of the Pacific, and it was. Um, it was revolutionary enough in the time that I did it that there was a lot of pushback from the diocesan structure about doing that. Uh, but I think we see a much greater interest in distance leadership, uh, distance formation uh, linked with residential formation. I think it provides uh, an opportunity for people to continue to be formed within their sending communities, uh, not to be decultured in some sense uh, completely, so they retain that contextual uh, significance. Uh, I think that's been enormously effective. We're also seeing lots of creative and innovative ways of participating in other communities during the time of formation for ordained leadership. And I think that's got lots of potential going forward. Um, working in a you know, ministry in the in the community that may be radically different from what the church has done, at least in recent memory, uh, rather than primarily within the, the seminary box. And CDSP has been a great mm. example of uh, multiple avenues and venues for formation. And, and I think that's just incredibly important. If we don't continue to evolve, um, we die. Mm, mm-hmm. So this notion that uh, that one's sort of field education experience in seminary is is in a in a congregation for the purposes of you know uh, brushing up skills for parish priesthood, we're in the process of sort of expanding expanding that notion. Is that that's what I hear you saying? Absolutely. I'll give you an example. When I, when I was the bishop of Nevada, we sent a student. Uh, for a seminary interview. Um, she, she wasn't actually a student yet, but the seminary called me up during her interview to say, we don't think we can take this person because she wants to do hospital chaplaincy. And I said, no, she has a vocation for hospital chaplaincy. You need to form her in the, in the skills that she's going to need to do that, whether you've done that before or not. <laughs> um, that's, been, that's been shifting in important ways. Um, Virginia, I think, has done a lot of work with people who want to be school chaplains, educational chaplains. Mm -hmm. um, and I think generals provided an opportunity for that. 
um, opportunities to be formed in other cultural communities of all sorts, I think are incredibly important in this day and age. You've mentioned uh, a story or two already, and uh, you know I know that you are re- retired now, but I'm curious if there are uh, other stories that you are hearing from seminarians or from recent graduates or other other n- sorts of new leaders in the church that make you uh, hopeful for uh, for for our leadership and for where we might be heading together. Okay, I'll give, start with a counterexample. I was uh, visiting another seminary a number of years ago, um, talking to a group of students, and one of them, with great lamentation, said, uh, I, "I need to have a full-time job, and you know, I just can't understand this possibility that I won't get full-time salary." And I said to this young woman, well, your bishops send you to be formed because that's what we expect God is doing in your lives right now. And the course of one's ordained ministry looks radically different in different contexts. You know, in the, in the early church, you went and when there were bishops, you went and probably lived at the bishop's household and followed the bishop around <laughs> to learn how, how you yeah. were going to do what you were going to do. And like Paul, you, you probably had to have another way of supporting yourself financially. But we, in this era, have had to expand our understanding of what ordained ministry looks like. And there are no promises about what it's going to look like. If You need to come with courage and a sense of vocation and go and try something that will build the reign of God in this place. Hmm. And I'm seeing remarkable examples of um, people going into communities and developing something new, uh, a new form of church, if you will. And that's, that's just incredibly promising. Hmm. What, um, what are some of the um, sort of forms of church that you've seen that, that intrigue you? Well, I went to visit visit Bushwick Abbey after it had been in existence for six or seven weeks, and that was that was an amazing experience. Uh, the congregation of forty or forty five was about two thirds young men, which we don't see very often, other than in military academies. Um, <laughs> and they were meeting in a in a music venue that was a bar during the week, and on Sunday morning they had a, a sign on the sidewalk that said, um, Bushwick Abbey, church that doesn't suck. We, and they, <laughs> they would say to you, we meet at noon because it's late enough to um, sleep in and sober up. Um, we're here for the community that, that exists in this place. And almost immediately, they started by feeding people in the, who were hungry in the neighborhood around them. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's... Uh, um uh talking about being being formed for different uh, kinds of cultures than what we've uh imagined the church um convening and participating in, in the past that's a great example hmm. um other stories that uh that, that that stick out or we can move on well i continue to be inspired by um the courage of many younger leaders to start something new 
they pay attention to what's going on in the community and they listen to the yearning um, and the hopes of people around them and then attempt to respond to that rather than bringing something that's prepackaged. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, let's move on to this next question, which uh, we hope is a sort of fun one. Um, we've been encouraging people to think big, think outside the box. Um, if you were able to commission, uh, and maybe you'd be involved in this course, maybe not, uh, but if you were able to uh, commission some sort of course with uh, any instructor, any instructor in the world, um, uh, someone that you'd like to uh, have in front of of a, of a classroom or um, alongside a classroom of, of seminarians, uh, who would who would you invite to teach, and what would you what would you want them to um, what would you call the course, or what would you what would you have them working on? Well, I got to do something like that a while ago at CDSP. Um, in one in one context, talking about what seminarians needed to learn about science in the world around us, right right at that mm. point. Um, and it was incredibly fruitful. Um, just looking at the social contextual issues that are affecting everybody, climate being you know, an, an essential one right now uh, that's affecting mm -hmm. CDSP, the, the whole West, um, the whole world, yeah. and as we recognize and pay attention to that. I, I, th I think... A course around leadership, um, what the necessary charisms are and how they can be cultivated. Uh, I'm reading a fascinating book right now called The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. And it's really designed mm -hmm. for the work world, uh, for the corporate world. But it's talking about issues of spiritual wholeness uh, most centrally. Mm -hmm. Um, don't wow. go, you know, don't participate in gossip, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. uh, keep your commitments, uh, to your fullest ability, uh, tell the truth mm -hmm. about everything, um, share your emotional life as is appropriate. And it's more appropriate than most of us recognize and are willing to, to do. Um, mm. I think tapping the the wisdom of the world around us beyond the church box uh, because people are hungry for spiritual disciplines, I think, to mm -hmm. grow their mm -hmm. capacity to be more truly human. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and there's such a rich dialogue between the various faith traditions understandings of what that might mean and and all these you know so many other communities understandings of that um yeah that's that's helpful i uh i'm a doctoral student at uh teachers college the school of education at columbia and it's been so rich to go you know very much identifying as a religious educator but knowing that i will be learning from quote-unquote secular educators and um I have found that at every turn, um, any, anytime I'm afraid that I'm sort of getting too religious on my colleagues, you know, that I'm, uh, you know, talking about some matter of, of 
religious content that is, is relevant to my work or what have you. Um, every time I think I've gone too far into that, they're like, oh, we want to hear more. Oh, we're curious. But it's important, I think, in this conversation that we ask folks, um, if we could if we could make a change um, at the seminary level, at the uh, church-wide level, however you want to tackle this, if we could make, what's, what's one change we could make about how leaders are trained that you think would make a, a positive difference for the church? I think more exposure to other cultural contexts. I think that's part of what Black Lives Matter is about, but it's it's also, uh, I think, much in need of exposure to other international contexts. Uh, you know, if you had a, a semester in Colombia or in Haiti or in Japan, uh, I think... I think that would be an enormous blessing, not only for the Anglican communion, but for local congregations to get a broader understanding of what what the church is. It's much bigger and more complex and diverse than any of us really recognize. Hmm. Is there... Um... I imagine your time as presiding bishop offered lots of opportunities to uh, um, uh, embody that uh, embody that lesson, that um, reality. Are there are there memories or, or stories that 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 that, um, that stick out at you stick out for you there? Things you you learned in other contexts that have stuck with you. Well, for some reason, the the church in the Philippines is coming to mind. Uh, there are two uh, two members of the church in the Philippines with which we're in full communion. Uh, the former dioceses that used to be part of the Episcopal Church and uh, the Philippine Independent Church, uh, which formed about 1900. The Philippine Independent Church is amazingly contextual outside the cities. <clears throat> it respects the more ancient traditions of the peoples. Uh, and in that sense, it's somewhat like uh, Navajo land or the Lakota, uh, recognizing the wisdom of their traditional spiritual practices. But the, the great humor of the people in the Philippines, uh, especially in the independent church, uh, I, I visited one congregation where the bishop told me that, you know, the IHS on the pulpit said, here, he said to me, here, this means one hour sermon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we went up, up island uh, to really a uh, small place where there were, I, I think there were five bishops there and a congregation of 80, something like that. They were, they were celebrating uh, two dioceses doing work together. And after the service, the, the coffee hour, if you will, was men dancing with brass gongs, uh, people eating, uh, and they, they were in their traditional dress, which would you know, probably have scandalized the, the buttoned-up Episcopalians in, in, in the U.S., but nearly naked, um, celebrating their traditional um, culture in the context of Christianity. It was just an incredible blessing to see something like that. Mm -hmm. 
Wow, wow. Well, um, before we uh, let you go, we have one more concluding question that we are um, asking everyone, and that's and that's for uh, that's for piece of advice. Uh, we often uh, are advised as clergy uh, to do less advice giving, but here we're uh, here we're asking. Um, what advice would you have for a seminary uh, contemplating its its future mission and its future role? What should we be? What should we be? Um, how should how should we be trying to understand ourselves in new ways? Well, I, I think CDSP has been pretty good at that. I think it means being curious and being willing to explore things that haven't seemed uh, normal before. It's a process of evolution, and the creatures and communities that are around for the long haul continue to adapt and evolve. And I think CDSP continues to do a creative growth in that way. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Anything else you'd uh, like to like to share about um, leadership formation uh, in the church today? piece of wisdom I, I would close with is that it's supposed to be lifelong. It's intended to start with the seven-week-old that you're stewarding right now <laughs> and, and continue to the oldest uh, centenarian that we can find um, because there's always more to learn and discover and grow into. Well, that's a great note. That's a great note to end on. Uh, Bishop Catherine, thank you uh, so much for, for being with us and for sharing your wisdom on this project. Thank you for doing it. Crossings Conversations is a co-production of Church Divinity School of the Pacific and Trinity Church Wall Street. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or share it with a colleague. You can learn more about the only Episcopal Seminary on the West Coast and subscribe to Crossings Magazine at cdsp.edu. Thank you.